The New World Order. The New World Order. This is a conspiracy. Hey everyone. Monday, December 12, 2022. So on Monday, we're going to look at a wrap up on the mainstream media and what they reported over the weekend. So this week, I'll be talking back to the Sunday Talking Heads on CBS Face the Nation where Maggie Brennan interviews Chris Krebs, the former director of cybersecurity and infrastructure, and they discuss QAnon as somehow a global movement of white supremacists that launch coups and target infrastructure. Kind of a joke, really. Also, I'll be checking in on Sunday morning propaganda my favorite feel-good feature news program, CBS Sunday Morning, where John Dickerson looks at the documentary by filmmaker Alexandra Pelosi, Pelosi in the House, that conspicuously followed Nancy Pelosi on January 6th, and that this report sides with the October surprise narrative the attack on Paul Pelosi. And there's also a piece on MSG where NPR correspondent Allison Aubrey investigates why MSG's reputation is racist. And I'll be tearing into the Sunday New York Times, showing how the newspaper continually mischaracterizes the facts and mislead the public. All coming up right now. All right, so first up from the New York Times, Carrie Lake sues Arizona's largest county seeking to overturn her defeat. Miss Lake, who fueled the false claims that the 2020 election had been stolen from Donald Trump, lost to Arizona's governor's race by 17,000 votes. But we all knew what happened there. There was definitely some malfeasance. But uh, these three reporters go on to say Carrie Lake, the losing Republican candidate for governor, uh, they couldn't just put candidate for governor, um, or Republican candidate for governor. They said losing because they want to reinforce the lie. Filed a lawsuit on Friday contesting the results of the election that was certified by the state this week. We obviously know that this is a good thing and that any sort of lawsuit will bring out all the evidence that we need to look at. Hopefully, not like in 2020, that these lawsuits will be summarily dismissed. Miss. Lake's lawsuit came after she had spent weeks making a series of public statements on social media posts aimed at sowing doubt in the outcome of the contest. She lost by more than 17,000 votes to her Democratic opponent, Katie Hobbs, who was actually the Secretary of State overseeing the election. That loss was certified later on. Uh, If the process was illegitimate, then so are the results, Ms. Lake said on Twitter on Friday evening after announcing her lawsuit. Stay tuned, folks. Hobbs called Miss Lake's suit baseless in a post of her own on Twitter, describing it as the latest desperate attempt to undermine our democracy and throw out the will of the voters. If people don't have faith in the democratic process, because actually democracy is a process, and so if people don't have faith in that process, 
Um, it's actually the people that are undermining the process or the people that do things to have people have doubts in the process that are actually undermining democracy. Because democracy or the faith in democracy is what we're talking about here. So I just want to go quickly into this article. Yes, Madeline, you can have a unicorn. L.A. County tells girl animal control officials issued a license to a six-year-old in search of a unicorn on the conditions that she, she feed it watermelon and give it regular access to sunlight, moonbeams, moon and rainbows. And I just want to go into this quickly because the fact of the matter here is, is that... Um, there's a girl who wanted to get a permit for, I guess her parents said, if you need a, if you're going to get a unicorn, you need a permit to have it at the house or whatever. Maybe her parents were thinking about getting her a pony and putting a horn on it or something. Who knows? But I just want to say, no matter what you see online about the symbolism of, of unicorns, the truth of the matter is... Uh, other than or besides uh, what color the unicorn is, because if it's white, that, symboli that symbolizes purity, white symbolizes purity, that unicorn is a symbol of indoctrination into mysticism, among other things. And particularly with a single horn, it's a reference to sexual indoctrination. Um, because the one horn is phallic and you could go into the symbolism a little bit more. I'm not going to go too much into here, into that here, but the unicorn, if you didn't know, is a symbolism of indoctrination and girls, young girls shouldn't be introduced to unicorns because it's introduced, uh, it's an introduced uh, or introduction into mysticism and or other occult practices um, it's also on the on the very surface, of course, an introduction, or um, it's it's buttressing uh, myth, um, which is very dangerous. You should never tell your you know I'm one of those proponent, proponents that you should never introduce or substantiate myths to your children because it provides the fertile ground for other myths to flourish or false narratives to flourish overall. But also, um, you know, a unicorn is an indoctrination into magic. It's supposed to be a magical mythical creature. And also magic is again, introduction into mysticism where the real magic, you know, resides in the occult practice of mysticism, whether it's Freemasonry or it's Kabbalah or it's Sufism, whatever mysticism um, you practice, uh, there is some dealing with the metaphysical in there and harnessing the powers of the metaphysical, which indeed is um, problematic for those of you of faith or any of you else out there, you want to deal with the occult, you'll see where it gets you. Moving right along, Hong Kong media tycoon sentenced to five-year in prisons. Jimmy Lay, the outspoken owner of a pro-democracy newspaper, was sentenced to more than five years in prison for violating terms of a lease contract if you didn't know, Hong Kong has been fully taken over by the communist Chinese. So, of course, a, a pro-democracy newspaper or publication is going to be routed by the authoritarian, totalitarian forces of the communist Chinese. And then it just goes on to say that uh, Jimmy Lei, a Hong Kong pro-democracy media mogul, was sentenced more than five years. He was sentenced on Saturday, a judge in the district court on two counts. Uh, and then it goes on, the New York Times goes on to to uh, uh, buttress this narrative somehow that this is legitimate, even though 
It is um, all a, a show trial done by the communist Chinese was a further sign of the dwindling space of dissent and free expression, uh, expression in Hong Kong, a former British colony. It was promised in the terms of its handoff to China in 1997, protections for individual rights for 50 years under an arrangement, uh, arrangement known as one country, two systems, individual rights. Hello. That's what the right is all about. And obviously people don't care about liberty and what it is. I've never seen anything like this. Dennis Kwok, a former pro-democracy lawmaker in Hong Kong and senior fellow at the Harvard Kennedy School, questioned the framing of the case as fraud as opposed to a civil dispute. This is clearly a political prosecution. So the New York Times obviously does some reporting here, but if you look at the whole overall article, it characterizes as, so what? You know, Hong Kong is in China's and is the communist hands now, so what are you going to do? There's obviously no comments from the State Department or that wasn't put in the lead. Biden administration uh, shows its, you know, unyielding support for, for democracy. That, that's what I'm talking about. It's like, we're supporting democracy in this country when they don't. They, they support undermining of free and fair elections in this country, and then when they need to support democracy abroad, like in Hong Kong, they certainly do not, or supporting the protests in China, they do not as well, is because they're spreading liberals or Democrats or progressives are spreading authoritarianism, if you scratch the surface, obviously. What, what did someone say? Uh, scratch the surface of a liberal and, you know, you'll find... <laughs> <laughs> an authoritarian. Uh, all right, next article up here, the COVID pandemic's hidden casualties. Pregnant women, many expectant women have avoided vaccination, unaware that the virus poses great threats to both fetus and mother. This is bullshit. Um, the uh, vaccination, uh, where this is going on YouTube, so I don't need to censor myself to get on YouTube. Um, that the vaccination poses greater threats sometimes uh, in terms of f fertility and uh, miscarriages and the like. Um, here is a complete mischaracterization of what's going on here and trying to get more people vaccinated. Uh, all groups still threatened by COVID-19, including elderly and immunocompromised. It, it is a pregnant woman who seems the most unaware of the risk. COVID can kill pregnant women and can result in a miscarriage, which is wrong. There's more evidence that miscarriages result um, for vaccinated women more than uh, people with COVID. And don't forget that the coronavirus is a cold. It's, it's a third of common colds, coronavirus. Most of that, 75% of coronaviruses are called coronaviruses. Preterm births and stillbirths, even when women have asymptomatic or mild illness, the infection can also affect a baby's brain development. This is all scare tactics, obviously, just like they did with Zika. This is to dissuade people from A, having kids, um, because you're not going to avoid getting the coronavirus and you're more susceptible to get the coronavirus if you have the COVID vaccine than if there was just a study that came out that um, uh, regular uh, immunity, uh, natural immunity from getting COVID uh, is way more long-term and way more robust than anything you're going to get from the COVID vaccine. And then if you get the COVID vaccine, um, your immune system is going to tank even further, and so you have to keep getting boosters to keep your immune system up. Dozens of studies have shown that the COVID vaccine is safe for pregnant women. Immunization of mother also passes protective antibodies to her fetus. 
uh, how do they prove this? Um, there's no studies that show that. That's why they try to confuse you with dozens of studies have shown that the vaccine is safe for pregnant women. Yet 70% of women uh, have completed the primary vaccination series of COVID before during pregnancy. Even the flu, which they often, even the flu vaccine was not proven uh, popular with pregnant women this year because if you know anything further, I mean, most pregnant women are in their 20s or 30s. It was only 20 years ago where they were advising oh, pregnant women not to get flu vaccines because of um that it might harm your pregnancy. It's very clear now that you're pregnant, planning to get pregnant or breastfeeding you and for your baby, it's very important to get vaccinated, Neil Shaw says, or the CDC says. This is just more propaganda, again, with the vaccinations. I told you they'd never put this down, even though it's proven that the vaccination is harmful, is not very effective for either preventing you from getting the the um uh, the disease, the coronavirus, or spread or transmitting it to other people, and uh, the what studies really show that it's going to um, prevent you from getting a deathly ill. Most of the people dying from coronavirus now have been vaccinated. China's looming tsunami of COVID cases will test its hospitals. Here we go again with more, with more. Um, <laughs> Scare, scare tactics um, here with China's looming tsunami of COVID cases will test its hospitals to conserve resources for severely ill. The government is urging residents not to seek help unless necessary. They always do that. But the pivot has left many confused and anxious. People are just glad to get out of their welded houses. Are you kidding me? But what they were always planning, and this is ready for the next pandemic that is coming, and it is coming, that they were trying to set up China as the base for protections. COVID lockdowns, strenuous COVID lockdowns were going to be the template worldwide. And they're going to try to, they're trying to prove that again. But the problem is the people revolted in China as they revolted elsewhere is there's no life. And even if you have a risk, if you have to give up your liberty, your liberties, what is the point of going on sickness or no sickness if you don't live in a free world? What do they always say is like if you give up your um, if you give up your liberty for security, you're going to end up with neither. This week, Beijing took its step towards uh, living with COVID, all but abandoning unpopular cost costly zero COVID policy of lockdowns and mass quarantines that it hoped will eliminate infections, but abrupt pivot has raised the specter of tremendous strain on the healthcare system, blah, blah, blah. Um, again, this is more uh, propaganda from the New York Times. Uh, New York Times should be supporting liberty and democracy in China, not supporting a zero COVID mass lockdown, severe lockdown. So we go on to the opinion pieces. Con the contagion in US and China both fear each other. And this is an opinion piece by Megan Stack. For decades, the United States and China have treated each other's ideology as a kind of infection. I mean, why is liberty and individual rights an infection? I don't know. The pandemic has been a testing ground for government societies that prize individual rights and civil liberties, panicked and puzzled of how much they should ask their people to sacrifice, how much movement, money-making opportunities, school, and so on to reduce the spread. It was the fault line, one versus all, which is always the moderation between socialism and republicanism or individualism. 
is one versus all. The all and the one and the one and the all is either you defer to the group or you defer to the individual. A moderate stance was you should defer to the individual at some times and divert you know, and be moderate and defer to the group at some points. And he, they state it right here. It's the fault line, one versus all, liberty versus security, across which China and the United States have long observed in each other qualities to envy and traps to fear. I, I You know, and again, they are um, tipping their hat to the communist authoritarian Chinese. Oh, it's just another system. It is. It's the opposite end of the spectrum. It's extremism because... You know, you with socialism, it has to be enforced. You don't really have to enforce individualism because every individual wants to do their own thing. The problem is, is other people don't like other people doing their own thing. You know, they never want to restrict their own individual rights or behaviors. They want to restrict other people because they fear the other. So it's always put that person in a, in a camp, make that person wear a mask, make that person get vaccinated. And that's not individual individualism, and that's what we have here is individual liberty in this country of the United States is to each their own. You want to get vaccinated, you get vaccinated. You want to use profanity, you can use profanity. You want to be homosexual, you can be homosexual or trans or whatever. You want to wear a funny hat. Whatever you want to do, you're free to do. And the problem is, is that people with a bug up their butt they, if they succumb to something, authoritarianism, they want everybody else to do the same. And that's what you have in China is the, is the state makes you do what everyone else is doing. And that's the problem with socialists is they want you to do what they think is right for you, regardless of whether it is by law or not. And this is from the editorial board. We can cure disease by editing a person's DNA. Why aren't we? And I'm not even going to go into this article too much. And the reason is, time quickly is running out for me, writes a man in his mid-30s whose DNA harbors a genetic mistake certain to destroy his brain within a matter of years. Um, and they go on. The reason is, is uh, that we're not altering people's DNA is because CRISPR is the main uh, avenue, the main tool that people use that the scientists use to alter DNA and to create uh, genetic modifications is the problem is, and if people didn't study this early on, and that was the problem with CRISPR, and of course you saw with the coronavirus, which was engineered through CRISPR in a lab, is the problem is that CRISPR creates mutations. And so it's not a clean edit. And they're not really sure when they uh, manipulate genetics how those mutations will pan out. And so the problem is with CRISPR, it causes mutations. So it is a quick and easy process to manipulate genomes, but the problem is they cannot predict how the mutations will occur. So that's why there's not widespread, you know, GNA, uh, uh, DNA, excuse me, and genetic uh, manipulation going on in living human beings and in fetuses, et cetera, et cetera. That's why cloning isn't done and all these other things is because there are unknown mutations down the line, but they never talk about this. I think they do talk about this briefly. Uh, gene editing is much newer technology and builds on the gains of gene therapy. Instead of using a virus, however, gene editing relies on molecular machine called CRISPR, which can be instructed to repair a mutation in a gene 
in early in nearly any organism, right where the typo occurs, impressively versatile, potentially applications for CRISPR range from basic science to agriculture and to climate change and medicine. CRISPR gene editing allows physicians to directly fix typos. They say typos is the mutation of the gene in the patient's DNA. And so much substantive progress has been made in the field of genetics medicine that it's clear scientists have now delivered a remarkable dream world processing like control over DNA. The first person to be gene edited with CRISPR was treated only three years ago for a disorder of a blood cell uh, production. And as since then, the technology has been used to treat congenital blindness, blah, blah, blah. Why not all diseases have single gene base? Why not a genetic component? Component, excuse me. Early studies suggest conditions like heart disease, chronic pain, Alzheimer's. Scientists like me now visualize an ideal scenario. A dedicated CRISPR cure center at the university-affiliated hospital takes a diagnosis and morphs it into order, just like CRISPR once seemed to be something out of science fiction. Examples are across the world illustrate possibilities for COVID. Do they talk against anything? CRISPR to inactivate a typo-laden, and they keep using this word typo-laden toxic gene in the livers. I don't think I read the article. I didn't remember seeing anything. Yeah, they just said oh, public universities are not in the business of commercializing medicine they build. Yeah, they don't. They don't go um, devastating gene ailments. Cancer are where pris, uh, CRISPR clinical tri uh, trials must remain. Ethical considerations over the safety of patents being exposed to new technology dictate that. Yeah, they don't say anything about mutations about CRISPR causing mutations. So that's not surprising. And I got to move quickly here. Uh, America's toxic gun culture. This is from the editorial board. A year ago, Representative Thomas Massey of Kentucky posted a Christmas photo on Twitter where Massey, his wife, and five children posed in front of their or ornament bedecked tree, each person wearing a big grin and holding an assault weapon. Merry Christmas. The grotesque timing of many Democrats and several Republicans to criticize Massey for sharing this photo, blah, blah, blah. These weapons, lightweight and endlessly customizable, are often used in the way devo their devotees imagine to defend themselves and their families. Only 30% of all defensive use of guns involved any type of rifle. That's 13%, though. Nevertheless, in the 18 years since the federal assault weapons ban, the country has been flooded with an estimated 25 million AR-15 assault semi-automatic rifles. It has become the gun of choice for mass killers. That's not necessarily true. Most of the mass shootings are done with pistols. They're mostly done um, in gang-related incidents. AR-15 is, is the choice of rifle uh, in the United States is because it's the, you know, it's based and chambered usually in 223 or, uh, um, in 223 or NATO. Um, addressing violent right-wing extremism is a challenge many fronts. So basically the editorial board here just um, says um, the toxic gun culture uh, promotes white right-wing, a white supremacist extremism I'll be because people like AR-15 rifles. The majority of rifle owners never, the majority of gun over gun owners never commit uh, uh, guns with uh, uh, cr crimes with their guns, and it goes on to um, to say this and that people that um, promote their Second Amendment rights are somehow fueling extremism. That's what they're saying here for the Republicans. Um, represented right-wing views such as opposition to L LGBT and abortion access. 
And that's just a cultural thing, is that people on the right, traditionalists that usually support the Second Amendment, they support the Constitution. They're also traditionalists, and especially if they're Christian, they believe uh, in a more traditional values. But traditionalists versus progressive that believe in traditional values don't necessarily believe in committing crimes either. They also which they don't mention in this article, that people on the right also support um, um, law enforcement, law and order. Um, so they don't necessarily support all these things. They try, and as they always said, um, I think they exacerbate and they actually plan these deadly shootings because this is so they can go on obsession with tactical culture and rifles like AR-15. Uh, I like tactical culture. It's always good to be prepared, especially nowadays, um, you have to be prepared uh, to use your weapon if you ever need to do so. And using a weapon just doesn't mean firing it. It also involves tactics that you have to know how to move with your weapon and to get cover. Because if you ever need to use your weapon, it's usually against other people with weapons. And if other people with weapons are shooting at you, you need to be able to take cover more than even shoot your weapon. And that's the whole point is... Um, half of tactics is being able not to get shot while you're shooting someone else. In his re recent book, Gunfight, My Battle Against the Industry That Radicalized America, a former firearms company executive described attending Black Lives Matter rally with his son. At the rally, dozens of armed men, some of them wearing insignia for two military groups, three percenters and oath keepers, appeared carrying their assault rifles. Uh, they want to defend liberty. None of these people, uh, the three percenters and the Oath Keepers, have ever taken part in a mass shooting. Does that tell you anything? No, of course. More rage, more fear, more gun sales, more fear. Most people are fearful of um, what's coming, which is more pandemics, uh, the threat of nuclear war. Um, they're not necessarily rallying, you know, having armed rallies against culture things, they're most of the time they're out there with helmets and um, body armor is because a lot of times left-wing extremists will come up and try to assault people that are um, supporting cultural issues. So that's just the New York Times, America's toxic gun cultures. Somehow proponents of the Second Amendment are extremists. It labels them as such and white supremacists. So let's move along to um, some of the videos we have here today. First off is um, Chris Krebs, who is just a propagandist. And again, he tries to link, link online, first of all, the coup in Germany to online white, online white supremacists. And obviously, without any evidence, mind you, links those groups also to the recent sabotage to the electrical grid in uh, the southern U uh, so southeastern United States. Connect all those dots there. Um, when it comes to some of these more extreme groups, it's almost sometimes, it, it sounds so absurd, and yet there are national security risks, as we saw in Germany this week. What? This is a conspiracy. With this extraordinary arrest, an attempted coup in Germany by people linked to QAnon, right. I mean, it, it doesn't sound real, but it is. What? Well, the QAnon piece, I think it's a, it's a reminder, confirmation that QAnon is a global phenomenon that is, is catching on. And, and actually, I think in part what we're seeing now is that it's broadening and it's almost becoming mainstream. That it's about, like, optics. Uh, we have this attempted coup 
in Germany. We have January 6th and uh, efforts to overturn the January 2020 uh, or the, the 2020 election that was Q adjacent as well. Um, the, these things are, are catching on and they're informing much more radical behaviors, both at a national level and as a local level. And I think in part, some of the things that we're seeing uh, with the attacks on the electrical grid, for instance, what? are may not be Q, but they are extremists. They are online. They're white supremacist groups. The that are you know, pulling down and developing playbooks. What? And so there are national level efforts, but there are also local level efforts. And, and a lot of this is just due to the broader information ecosystem and how virulent uh, these conspiracy theories and efforts to uh, you know, overcome normal civil society. The Homeland Security Secretary said that it did appear in North Carolina that attack was deliberate, but it's early. Are you saying you believe there is evidence that it is tied to organized domestic extremists? So that, I think, is, is still a, a large question mark and the investigators are taking a look at. But the attack itself on that facility, that substation in Moore County, was unquestionably deliberate. The, the tactics they, that the attackers used, multiple, you know, two different substations, then going in and targeting very specific critical equipment in that site, it, there's no question that it was premeditated, that it was coordinated, it was deliberate. Combine that with the fact that there were half a dozen uh, similar sorts of events in the Pacific Northwest. There have been events in, in throughout the Southeast. That it's about, like, optics. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it, sh it says to me that, that there is something broader going on here, and perhaps we are paying more attention now. This is a conspiracy. Uh, but, but there is a, a significant threat to, the, to our nation's critical infrastructure. <clears throat> and right now, both the utility operators as well as law enforcement, I think, are doing a hard look at what needs to change and how do we counter this threat. That it's about, like, optics. Yeah, the problem is here is they constantly say radical, 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 radical. The right is reactionary. The, re the right reacts to radicals. It's not vice versa. So it's reactionaries that might be reacting to something, but it's not radical. If it's radical, it's the left. So it might very well be the left that are attacking the substations. But all this stuff, the QAnon and the attack on the substations are probably false flags. The coup in, in Germany obviously is a false flag as a pretext for government action. So the substation attack is going to be a pretext for gov government action on extremists, probably right-wing extremists, but also on uh, other fortifications uh, they may be doing either online or what have you. And in Germany, obviously, as you saw, it's a pretext to uh, clamp down on any gun rights that still exist in Germany. All right, let's go to Nancy Pelosi, her daughter's documentary, who she just happened to be there through January 6th. And, um, and so you'll see that. The youngest daughter of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Make sure when you're editing that you include that nobody in my family would want me speaking for the family. Nobody wants to hear what I have to say. Every family has to have a dark cloud. Nancy can be found in Pelosi in the House, the documentary her daughter has made about her. The film's climax is January 6th, 2021. The family joined the matriarch for the historic day as usual. What? And Alexandro was filming. What? My 16-year-old son was the first one who called it. He said, what if they stormed the Capitol? She's not paying attention to the jackass climbing the walls. What? Alexandra Pelosi kept rolling as the family and members of Congress were evacuated to Fort McNair, a U.S. Army post. Security took us out because we're family. They knew what was coming. The concern we have about uh, personal 
Safety. Some of the footage was featured by the January 6th Select Committee. Pelosi and other leaders plead for troops to end the riot, which they ultimately did. And my kids don't understand why people want to kill her for, for what? What did she do? I still haven't been able to give them a good answer to that question. <clears throat> my father is the breakout star of my mother's life and of my movie. He's always there. But here's what's not in the documentary. The vicious attack on Paul Pelosi in the family home in San Francisco at the end of October. <clears throat> Police say the attacker was looking for Nancy Pelosi, but found her husband instead and beat him with a hammer. What? I don't think it's okay for an 82-year-old man to be attacked in his home in the middle of the night. It's about, like, optics. Because of whatever his wife does for work. <clears throat> how do we talk about how the media landscape used that event. Paul Pelosi appeared in public for the first time since the attack at the Kennedy Center Honors this past week. He received a standing ovation. <clears throat> My father still says it was worth it. What? She got to live her dreams and that for him that was worth it. Yeah, it's just... The attack, that was the October surprise, the attack on Paul Pelosi. There's no real evidence of what occurred that night. And you saw Paul Pelosi there. He had a hat on, okay, a hat and a glove. What was he, Michael Jackson? Um, that doesn't prove anything. There's no proof that he was even seriously injured. After all, he went to Mark Zuckerberg Hospital. It's just a pretext. January 6th was a pretext. They said they called in the National Guard to clear the Capitol when uh, Donald Trump requested National Guard troops there before the rally even occurred, and he was denied. By who? Nancy Pelosi. Go figure. And then later they wanted to get National Guard troops in there to disperse the crowd. It was all a setup, just like Paul Pelosi was a setup. I'm, I'm telling you here right now, that was a false flag. We don't know the real, uh, the real circumstance of what happened there. It was all part of an October surprise. I don't even think that he was seriously injured. Um, he's obviously up in a... He was able to go to, um, you know, that little gala. So next up here is um, a little propaganda piece on MSG is racist. You'll still see these signs around in restaurant windows, menus, on food packages. Have you ever wondered why? Back in 1968, the New England Journal of Medicine published a letter written by a doctor titled Chinese Restaurant Syndrome. The doctor described feeling sick after eating a meal at a Chinese restaurant. That letter sparked decades of research over MSG. Even an entry in the dictionary. Basically a concentrated form of glutamate. I mean, I don't want to pretend like it's good to eat MSG. Researchers say some people may be sensitive to MSG, but health authorities from the FDA to the World Health Organization <clears throat> have deemed MSG safe. It's found in everything from fast foods to snacks to canned soups. But the term Chinese restaurant syndrome has marinated long enough in the U.S. that it's left a sour note to Chinese-American chefs like Chris Chung. Chung says the lingering stigma against MSG may have more to do with xenophobic views <laughs> than with food science. They said, you know, don't put MSG in the food. You, I, I know you guys use it in China, but you live in America now. One of the leading makers of MSG. 
The company led a successful campaign to have Merriam-Webster update the term Chinese restaurant syndrome as dated and offensive. I present. And another campaign took aim at the phrase, no MSG. What? For Tia Rains, MSG's reputation can still be tough to swallow. We are trying to bring these facts forward at this time so that people aren't afraid when they see monosodium glutamate on a food label or they're not afraid to have it in their kitchen and use it in their cooking. It's lovely. Thank you. Yum. (laughs) Yeah, that's just the reality. (laughs) Nobody, you know, MSG makes your food taste better so you can put it in, but it's just like salt or pepper. I never thought MSG is racist. I never thought it was just in Chinese food. I knew uh, Chinese restaurants used it, but all restaurants, not all restaurants, but a lot of restaurants use it. But because you're uh, health conscious and you don't want to have MSG in your food, that doesn't make you racist. So I don't really know where that comes from. But there it is, lots of propaganda trying to make you think a certain way. It's sort of mind control. And um, you shouldn't go along with it. Just be a free thinker and remember what's happening out there. And everybody is gonna be great. Um, That's it for me. Please follow me on social media, Getter Minds, Twitter, Facebook. And don't forget to follow my video channel, subscribe, comment down below, let me know what you think. There's a lot of shit going on. Uh, I'd like to know your opinion, so let me know. All right, we'll see you tomorrow. It's This is. Can't handle the truth. This is conspiracy. Come, 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 come on, man. I ain't finna go, Alex. Come, 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 come on, man. I ain't finna go, Alex Jones. Level with y'all, man. This is conspiracy. Come, 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 come on, man. I ain't finna go, Alex Jones. Level with y'all, man. Fuck you, New World Order.